Welcome to Hashtag Parenting Who Podcast, a podcast intended not just for parents or caregivers, but individuals seeking guidance around challenging behaviors or recurring and negative patterns in your life. Hashtag Parenting Who Podcast aims to have you asking, who am I parenting here, my child or myself? This podcast has a vision of you, the adult, stumbling upon a new relationship with the child you once were. Parenting is no easy task, but it doesn't have to be a burden. We are happy you are here. Welcome back to Hashtag Parenting Who Podcast, and this is episode 30 of the podcast, and we continue to chat with Lisa Price Maidens, and for those of you who are just listening to this podcast for the first time, I might encourage you to pause this one and go back and listen to the first of our three-part series with Lisa, which would be episode 29 of Hashtag Parenting Who Podcast. And so today, um, Lisa and I are talking about the uh, continuing to talk about and maybe even further define the context with respect to relationships, something that she and I spoke a lot about and how Lisa was looking to someone to give her the answers, tell her what to do for her own children, and then through meeting someone, a professional who was helping to validate for her uh, the concerns that she had around theories of practice that were not integrated well within her day-to-day life and it wasn't working. And so she would challenge that and didn't feel valued in terms of uh, questioning those theories of practice and how and why they didn't work. And um, so this one individual, she did take the time to hear uh, her concerns and really helped Lisa to realize that who we are for our children really is the key piece and how um, in working with kids, she can give some context as to the importance of how kids learn, for example, when they have a healthy attachment relationship with the adult in their life. And um, she talks a little bit about what I would call tension around how it takes practice to have these kinds of relationships, these positive attachment relationships. And so we'll get into that uh, further in this episode. And even further into the episode three as well. Um, so I think that I'll just end it there. I think that you'll enjoy listening to Lisa and her experiences and, and uh, sharing her um, her work and how she was able to integrate the knowledge of attachment and building relationship and the importance to that in uh, the kids that that she works with. And so again, for those of you who may not have listened to the uh, intro for episode 29, uh, I am going to be taking a break from the podcast. I'm going to be wrapping up season two early. And um, so this will probably be the second, potentially third last podcast 
I do have one in the works that I need to reschedule. I was having some internet issues and I do hope to honor that for the individual. So we might have a episode 32, but um, I need to practice what I preach. I need to take some downtime, get my time management a little better organized. And I hope that you'll all hang in there for a season three, because it will be uh, really exciting to get back into things because that is my intention. And lastly, and as always, please click on the link to iTunes that you can find on my website, julieclarktherapy.com. There is a drop down for the hashtag Parenting Who podcast. And if you can click on the ratings and review section, there is, uh, you can click on, uh, I think there's five stars. You can, I say that every time. <laughs> I think there's five stars. I guess I should maybe try and do that myself and know it better than uh, just reading from notes here. And you can write a, rev- a review. And so we'd love to hear from you about what types of things you want to hear. Uh, I, I do, it's interesting because with season two, I've been getting a lot of contacts for people to be guests on my podcast. And I want to do you all. I want to be able to chat with you all. I want to be able to have you all on the podcast, but this isn't my primary job. And so I do need to um, make sure that I'm spending my time wisely, but I do hope to get back to most people and be able to connect with you at some point when our schedules align. And I'll definitely plan to do that for season three. So thanks for all the love and the interest and uh, yeah, write a review and let me know what you want to hear. Have a great day and enjoy the episode. Bye for now. Hey, Lisa, welcome back to Hashtag Parenting Who Podcast. How are you today? I'm good, Julie. Thank you for having me back. Right. Uh, So in episode one, or not episode one, but uh, well, it is episode one for our series, a three-part series that we're going to do. We talked about a variety of things and we sort of ended with, and I thought we'd pick up there today, where you had talked about Darlene uh, as a support for you, as a mentor, was helping you to find the answers that you had around relationship and understanding children rather than give you the answers. And and you said, it's not what you do, it's how you do it. And so I wanted to take some time in today's podcast to talk a little bit about uh, relationship and talk about attachment and what it is that we are to do rather than how we do it, which was that punishment and consequences that we talked about in episode one. Yeah, I think when I was going to workshops, I was looking for um, someone to, you know, give me the answers, tell me what to do. Please tell me what to do. I don't know what to do. That's sort of the mentality that I went in with. Mm -hmm. And I found with speaking with Darlene and just her, the way she presented her workshops and how she would take time to talk to you after the relationships or sorry, after the, um, workshops. Um, you know, she, I really walked away with a sense of, okay, it's, she's not going to give me the answers. I have to find the answers with my relationship with my children. Mm-hmm. So, so it's that's not yeah. what we do. Like it's not, yeah. who, you know, it's not what we do for our children, but who are we for our children? Are in any relationship, in your work relationships, uh, you know, if you're in school, your relationship with your teacher. It's so important about who you are in that relationship more than what you're doing. 
in that relationship. So if I hear you correctly, you in having met Darlene, having listened to her work, having sort of soaked in her message and the teachings that she was offering, you went into it with this, like, give me the answers, tell me what to do. But then through the development of that relationship, that connection that you and Darlene ended up developing, there was this like realization over here that was different, that was, okay, this relationship that I'm having with her right now is enlightening me in ways that I hadn't gone into this initially with. Exactly. And I always felt that um, with previous workshops that I had done, um, there was like a lot of theory behind um, the workshop, but it wasn't really meeting what would happen in reality. So I would challenge the workshop person, <laughs> presenter, <laughs> with the you know, some real life happenings that was happening in my life mm -hmm. because it didn't make sense. Like the theory didn't fit into how I would handle the situations and the feedback I would get from that was, um, I actually had one presenter call me a drama queen. Oh, wow because I was challenging her, but I wasn't doing it like in a rude way or mm -hmm. doing it on purpose. I just, it didn't make sense to me. And when I challenged Darlene, I found she really took that time to stop, to listen, to think, to, to look at me, to make me feel understood. Mm -hmm. Even if she didn't have the answer, she'd say, I understand your frustration, Lisa. Mm -hmm. That meant everything to me. Like, even if, she couldn't help me with my situation that I was having. Just the idea that she was taking that time to listen and to try to think and, and you know, and afterwards coming, talking to me. And I remember like years later, um, you know, after I learned more about um, uh, attachment relationships um, I apologized to her saying, oh, I'm sorry, you know, that I challenged you. I must have made it really hard for you. And she said, no, actually, like you helped me because you helped me, um, you know, think outside the box, mm -hmm. you know. And so just forming that relationship with her also taught me about other relationships in my life and how you talk to people and how you handle things and even changing the way what I would call like when I, you know, I would challenge them with my questions. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe I was even going about that the wrong way. Mm -hmm. um, so it just changed me as a different person of how I even related to people. Mm -hmm. uh, just looking at relationships and, and what they mean and um, how you can, um, almost answer your own questions, but, you know, still kind of um, brainstorming with somebody else. Yeah, and yeah, it totally makes sense. And it's, it's interesting, because as you're sitting here talking, and I'm listening to you as a psychotherapist, one of the things that's on my website is um, the therapeutic relationship is like no other relationship in your life. And so um, in essence, that relationship that you had with Darlene was um, 
it's maybe therapeutic or not. I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, if you're attending workshops, you're trying to get information, so it may not be the same thing. But um, that relationship, that connection that you and she developed, that ability for you to come safely with your challenges and for her not to sort of, you know, become an obstacle to you moving forward, i.e. calling you a drama queen, um, she more became someone who could validate what it was that your true reality was because you were bringing that to her and you were articulating that in a way that she was hearing you. And to some extent, like when you say she, when you apologized to her and she said, no, actually you helped me, you probably, I'm wondering, I don't know, I wasn't there, but you probably brought some um, semblance of, you know, that moving that theory, which she would be teaching into practice. And, and that allowed her a glimpse of the realities of what parents are really, parents or caregivers are really struggling with. And so, um, yeah, I think it's really cool because there now to me, it sounds like that was a major movement or a major shift for you both personally and in your parenting. Oh, it was, it was so huge. It just changed everything, the way I parented, the way I ran my business, the way I cared for the children, um, even the direction that my life was going. It just kind of, it was just one of these things that, you know, like Oprah would say, your aha moment mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was in that moment was like, I was like, oh my goodness, this, it all makes sense now to mm-hmm. me. And, and it takes practice mm-hmm. um, to be able to uh, have those kind of relationships for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that was something that I never really um, knew about or had any, you know, experience in mm-hmm. is having that type of relationship where you really listen to someone um, and that, um that someone actually listens to you, you know, it was just very different for me that uh, a a lot of times when you're talking to a professional, at least personally, I Mm -hmm. feel that, you know, they don't want to really hear what you want to say. They just want to actually give you answers Mm -hmm. or tell you sort of what to do, Mm -hmm. but not taking into consideration that everybody's experience is different and Mm -hmm. um, situation is different. And in theory might, what might work for somebody might not work for someone else. Like even when it even comes to attachment and relationships, there's so much that there's so many layers of, you know, personalities, temperaments, um, things like that, that it it can be very tricky, Mm -hmm. uh, but very important to understand uh, relationships and attachments. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a little bit, Well, I don't think it's off topic, but I'm just for the listeners, for those who are listening, who maybe aren't familiar with attachment, do you, can you take a little minute to explain that? Um, Well, I think, you know, again, attachment is another one of those words that's very tricky because people see it in different ways. Mm -hmm. So just for me personally, um, how I see it through my work is almost attachment and relationship to me are very close together. Mm -hmm. I can't have one without the other. Mm -hmm. And for me working with uh, families, I think it's important to have what I would say sort of like an attachment relationship with the parents and the children. Mm -hmm. Um, And so 
uh, how I look at it is, you know, just uh, forming that relationship of trust, um, making sure that the parent and the child knows that uh, they're going to be cared for. Um, but when you're looking at um, like attachment with children, and maybe this is a different topic that we might talk about later, mm-hmm. um, how children seek attachment, that mm-hmm. that's like sort of like a different topic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in my mind of um, uh, attachment with children is who are we to each other? Mm-hmm. So it's almost like that relationship part again and me being the adult in the situation you know I would be the one that would always try to be in the lead of the um, relationship um, attachment Mm -hmm. uh, with children Mm -hmm. because uh, for children if they're if they're the ones that are always seeking out the attachment that sort of comes becomes uh, unhealthy because they're preoccupied with looking for that relationship fulfillment Mm -hmm. and so it's hard for them to be able to find that peace to be able to play and make friends because they're just seeking out um, the adult or sometimes they'll seek out children and then unfortunately the other child will become their attachment Mm -hmm. so for me it's always important for me to be the person that is meeting those attachment needs Mm -hmm. um, with kids Mm-hmm. And that's where like your ability to be aware of who you are for them is so incredibly important in not just in your work, but as, as a mom and as a grandmother. Well, exactly. And I always try to look at from the parents' point of view of, you know, they're leaving their child with somebody or whether it's in a childcare center or even you're sending your kid to school. And, you know, as a parent, you're going to worry, is my child okay? You know, what are they doing? And I feel it's important as a childcare provider to answer those questions for parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I have kids that are first starting, um, I'm making sure, um, especially with technology today, like I'm not a a person of technology, but I do find it very helpful mm-hmm. um, in my place of work now because I will send them a message, a text, mm-hmm. um, you know, child is doing great, you know, take a picture mm-hmm. like throughout the day. Um, and that I've had parents come back and tell me how comforting that was to them, how they mm-hmm. were able to uh, move through their day much better yeah. than worrying about is their child okay. So the tech, right. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's okay. (laughs) I was just going to say, so the technology really helps to build that relationship with parents, even though they're not there with you for those hours in a day. Exactly. Exactly. Because that's their child. They're Mm -hmm. concerned about them, right? And, you know, like the younger kids aren't going to really know that you're doing that. But you know, as they get older, they like to see that documentation go out to the parents. Like, mm. they'll be like, can you take a picture of my drawing? Mm. They want you to send it to mom, you know, mm. and then mom will send a smiley face with little heart yeah. eyes back. And mm. then the child sees that and then you see the smile on their face. Yeah. So you're still connecting them throughout right. the day with their parent, which is hugely important. Right. 
you know, and yeah. when you see the, um, the positive in the child where they're smiling and they're, they're happy to see that connection with their parents and they know that you're also a part of that. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're like a team, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, yeah, because you're facilitating that connection, that bridge to them, which is a safety net for them. It helps to build that trust in you as their caregiver um, because, you know, they get that their parents are important to you and that sort of validates the importance of the parents to them. And you were talking about how, like, children shouldn't be looking for their relationship fulfillment they're just going to be kids and want to celebrate the excitement. And so by you, by them saying, can you take a picture and you sending it to them, you're creating that bridge and that ongoing relationship connection. Exactly. That's exciting. They don't have, they don't have, they don't have that preoccupation yeah. you know, where they're um, always looking for, mm-hmm. um, you know, our, Wondering, like, what time is mommy picking me up? And because mm. there's children who I've seen that I've worked with, um, especially like in a larger situation, like in a school where there's more kids, um, where they spend their whole day just waiting for the day to end so they can go mm. home. Yeah. And, and so they're not really learning anything because they're so preoccupied. Yeah. With what time is it? What's next? Yeah know that they they just want to go home to be with their parent because they don't have that attachment need in that environment that they're in mm-hmm. and I mean again this all comes down to personality and temperament I mean there's some kids that could come in and yeah they have a problem leaving mm-hmm. mom and dad but there's other kids who are way more sensitive and they spend their entire day waiting mm-hmm. yeah And there's, uh, you know, again, from the mental health perspective, like I'm just imagining some anxiousness and a lot of uncomfortable in the body and a lot of like agitation and fidgeting and, you know, can't sit. And then that turns into, but you have to sit and that turns into a, you know, an internal, well, why can't I sit? They're telling me I have to sit. And I mean, that's just a, again, you know, for some they can do it, but for others, it's, it's a recipe for some some difficult times. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's sad to see, like when you see a child and they're clinging on to your arm or to the teacher's arm and they don't want to go play with their friends and they don't want to join in activities and the adult is trying to do their job and kind of trying to, you know, gently push the child away, like, oh, you know, go, you know, sit in the circle or whatever time is going on. And you just see the 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 way the child is sitting, like you said, the anxiousness, the mm-hmm. twisting of the hands, the rocking, mm-hmm. um, chewing of the nails, playing with the mm-hmm. hair, like whatever it may look like. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing you can really do about it, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, mm-hmm. it's very sad to see that situation where, um, you know, or you get the other extreme where if a child gets attached to another child. So the other child is now meeting their attachment needs, but that other child can't go anywhere without their little friend with them. Mm-hmm. And if that friend just happens to miss school because mm-hmm. they're ill, mm-hmm. that child does not know what to do with themselves because mm-hmm. their attachment now is missing. Yeah. But people who like might not be educated or understand this, they, they don't 
see that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it gets missed. Yeah. Where if you can help them in the beginning, like at the very beginning, if you see these behaviors, you know, okay, that child's cup is empty. Mm-hmm. And our job now is to fill it. So, mm-hmm. you know, they don't have that preoccupation and that they're going to be able to learn. Mm-hmm. And you have to do that by meeting those needs. Meeting and the attachment it, needs. Yeah. And it could take a couple of days. It could take a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But it's, it, it's worth it in the end. It's mm-hmm. like short-term pain for long-term gain, especially mm-hmm. for the child. Mm-hmm. Because it can be done where then the child feels comfort, feels trust mm-hmm. that they're able to move on and actually join in and to be able to play and not have to, um, you know, have their needs met by another child or their needs not met and they're trying to cling on to every adult in mm-hmm. the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're trying to look for something that settles them. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's great, Lisa. Thank you so much for explaining a little bit more about re- relationships and the context in which you do not just your work and run your business, but also in your parenting style. And like you said, in your life and how you're able to move from sort of being like questioning things and being curious about things and not really feeling like you were getting the answers that you were hoping for to eventually aligning yourself with something that really resonated with you. And and thankfully you are in this role where you love to work with kids and they're so, you know, the families that you've worked with over the years, they're so lucky to have had you. And so uh, thank you for your insight today. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. Please remember that information provided in this podcast is not therapy and is not a substitute for receiving help from a licensed or regulated healthcare professional. For more information on this episode and links discussed here today, please see the show notes. Please also visit my website, which includes more resources and social media links, as well as ways of getting in touch with me at julieclarktherapy.com.